And so we're walking out of class and I just took every ounce of courage that I have just to kind of, hey, Nathan, like, as we're walking down the hall, do you want to like hang out sometime and like maybe get together and do something? And he did not skip a beat. Welcome to the Journey Podcast, a place where ordinary people share their encounters with an extraordinary God. We hope you are encouraged to hear of how God moves in ordinary lives around the world, and we pray that you will embrace the power of your own story. Hi friends, welcome back to the Journey Podcast. One of the goals of this podcast is to help you think through your own story and embrace the power that your story has. And I can't very well ask you to share your story if I'm not willing to share mine. So scattered among the episodes in this podcast will be bits of my story. We have really grown in the last 20 years and we have seen God do some amazing things and provide for us in unique ways and he's taught us different things. And so I would love to just take this platform and share that with you. So imagine I've asked you to a lunch date and we are just going to have a chat and share stories. So today I'm going to take you all the way back to the beginning, to high school. My husband and I met in high school and we started dating in 11th grade. But before that, I was raised in a Christian home. We went to church all the time, read Bible stories at bedtime, said prayers at mealtime, all of those things. My parents divorced when I was 12. I know now as an adult that that impacted me far greater than I realized at the time. But I lived um, my whole life up to that point, all my childhood in Alabama, in Southeast United States. And um, yeah, so that's me. That was my childhood. Nathan, my husband, he was not raised in a Christian home. His parents uh, knew all the facts. Uh, They grew up in church, but they did not actively raise him in church. And so uh, they just did a lot of family things. They were a really tight family. Um, Actually, his mom had a Darwin sticker on her car when we started dating. Um, But that's that's a cool story that we'll get to at some point, too. And, And Nathan was also born in Alabama. And he spent a year in California as a kid. And then he also moved to Scotland for ninth grade year. So the first year of high school, he was in Scotland. And then he moved back to Alabama and we were in high school together in um, 10th grade. And so that's where our story will pick up today. So 10th grade English class, Miss Wiggly was her name. Uh, We had English together first period of the day. I sat on the far right side of the room and Nathan was the one more row to the right and one seat back. I can still picture it. And we had English first period of the day and I love to sleep. And so I was always running late for school. And nine times out of 10, I walked into first period with my breakfast and I would have a bagel with cream cheese and I would sit at my seat and I would eat my bagel and cream cheese (laughs) And then I would turn to Nathan and hand out my bagel and say, you want some bagel? I don't think he ever accepted, but I think I offered every time, hey, you want some bagel? And so for months and months, I don't think he knew my name. I'm not sure I knew his either. He just knew me as bagel girl. 
in English class. And so that was about the extent of our interactions. The next year, 11th grade, we were about two weeks into the new school year. And for whatever reason, my schedule got changed. And the new class that I was put into was English, seventh period, the last class of the day. And I remember coming into that classroom for the first time and standing next to Miss Adair, our English teacher, and she had organized the students by alphabetical order by last name and had them sitting in assigned seats. And so I was sitting, standing next to her at the front of the room while she was looking over her role, trying to figure out where I needed to go in these assigned seats. And as I'm sitting there, I'm looking around the room at all of these other students that are staring back at me. And in the middle of the room towards the back was this guy. And I remembered him from last year's English class, the bagel. Hmm. He looked different. Something about him just grabbed my attention. I know now that that was probably the Holy Spirit pushing me in the right direction but just something grabbed my attention. I just couldn't think past this guy. Like, man, he is so cute. And so I looked at the role and his last name starts with L and my last name started with O. And I remember thinking, oh, please, please put me right next to him. Please put me right next to him. Well, alas, I was the next row over, but it was still kind of close. And so we would talk every now and then and flirt a little bit, not really, but I really kind of liked this guy as the school year went on. And he had this truck. He had a black Toyota 89 pickup truck with an extended cab. And I had a big like check mark decal down the side of the truck. And man, he was hot. <laughs> he played soccer. And so he was tan and he was athletic, super short hair. He was hot. And I was really interested in this guy. Now, remember, I was raised in church. I was a church girl. But I was kind of struggling with friends, I suppose, at that time, or at least with my own identity and my own need for attention. Remember, I'm 16 years old. Okay, this is 11th grade, 16 years old. And I made an announcement to my mom one day. I said, Mom, I'm tired of being a church girl. I'm tired of being a goody two shoes girl. I don't ever get invited to parties. I don't ever get invited to hang out with the cool kids. I'm tired of this. I want to date a bad boy. And I had already picked out the bad boy that I wanted to date. His name was Nathan. And in my head, Nathan was a bad boy because he hung out with people who said bad words and they went to parties and they would drink at these parties. At least I assumed that they did. I had never been to one, so I didn't have any idea. But that's what I thought. So I had picked out this bad boy that I wanted to date. And my mother, in all of her wisdom, I don't remember exactly what she said to me that night, but she didn't push back against me. She's just kind of like, okay, well, that's interesting. I learned years later that she immediately called my big sister and freaked out. But she didn't freak out to my face, which as a mom now... I give her so much credit for keeping calm and not pushing back. And I also know that she hit her knees in prayers for me, that God would protect me from myself and whatever stupid road I was about to jump on. So the fall semester of 11th grade rocks on and um, 
do a little flirting with Nathan, but he doesn't really seem to care much. And so I worked up the nerve to ask him out. And this went on for like weeks of working up the nerve. And finally, it was Tuesday, November 24th, 1998. Yes, I do remember the date and the moment. And we had English at the last period of the day. And this was the end of school that day before the Thanksgiving holiday started the next day. And so we're walking out of class and I just took every ounce of courage that I have just to kind of, hey, Nathan, like as we're walking down the hall, do you want to like hang out sometime and like maybe get together and do something? And he did not skip a beat. No, actually, I'm going to go to the basketball game tonight with my friends. So just see you later. Bye. And he walks off. <laughs> Y'all, I was, I was crushed. I was crushed. It took so much courage to say something. And he just completely rejected me and walked away. Well, okay. So that afternoon after school, I went, I had to, um, I was teaching dance classes. And so I went and taught dance classes and I came home and it was like, I don't know, five or six o'clock in the evening. And I came home to my mom and I said, mom, I have to go to the basketball game tonight. I have to go. Nathan's going to be there. Well, the basketball game was on the clear other end of town. It had already started. It was starting to get dark. I didn't know where I was going. And my mom said, uh, no, you're not going to the basketball game. That's dumb. It's going to be over by the time you even get there. I was like, you don't understand. Nathan is going to be there. I have to go to the basketball game tonight. She says, no, you're not going, period. You're not going. Oh, I was so mad. But, but God. So a few minutes later, not too much longer after that, my phone rings. And it's Nathan. And he called me and he said, hey, Carrie, this is Nathan, you know, you know, we left the basketball game. It was kind of lame. So we're just here at my house. It's me and some friends. We're playing pool. I was just wondering if you wanted to come hang out with us tonight. Ever so cool. I said, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be fun. Thanks. And so I hang up the phone and he's going to drive over to my house and pick me up. I ran around the house like a crazy woman. I remember it like it was yesterday. I had my hands above my head, running full speed in circles around the living room. Ah, he called me. He called me. Okay, so he comes to pick me up. We go to his house. We play pool. There's two other friends there. They hung out for a while. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Like, I think this guy is so cute. And he's my bad boy. Like, he's the bad boy that I have picked out that's going to get me out of the goody two-shoes world. And it's going to get me into the parties in the popular crowd or whatever I was thinking. I don't know. And so those other two friends ended up leaving at some point, And it was just Nathan and I hanging out. And we're talking about, I don't know, whatever cool stuff high school kids talk about. And there was a lull in the conversation and he just lays down and closes his eyes. Now, I have no idea what he was doing. But I remember thinking at that moment, okay, Carrie, you are goody two-shoes girl. You are church girl. And he is bad boy. If he's going to call you again, if he's going to remember you, you have to do something to make him remember you. And so while he was laying there with his eyes closed, minding his own business, I leaned down and planted a big kiss on him. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It was crazy. It was crazy. So I'm 16 years old. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. I just know that I want this guy to like me. 
girls, if you're listening, this is not the best approach. But this is where I was at the time. So we we make out for a little while at his house, and, and then it comes time for him to take me home, and he, and he drives me home, and um, we're standing on my front porch. He walks me to the front door, and we end up making out on my front porch for, I mean, probably like half an hour. I have no idea where my mother was, but that was that. So we left that night, and we went into the Thanksgiving holiday, and he went out of town to see his family, and I did too, and um, not really knowing what things would be like when we got back to school on Monday. But we started hanging out a little bit more and a little bit more. And about six weeks later, we were sitting there talking one day and he brings up like, you remember when you came to my house that night, that first night and you kissed me? Yeah. And he said, that was, that was my first kiss like ever. <laughs> oh my gosh, y'all. I felt horrible. I felt so confused, really. Like, what do you mean that was your first kiss ever? Like, you're this bad boy. What do you mean that was your first kiss? It's like, yeah, really, I wasn't planning on dating anybody in high school. I just feel like there's just too much drama with girls. And I was just going to wait till college to start that stuff. Well, he didn't have any trouble kissing me after that point. But I felt horrible. I felt like dirt. I was... I so misread this guy. But here's the crazy thing. Even though Nathan went to parties with people who drank and did quote unquote bad things, he never invited me to that stuff. He just assumed so early on in our relationship that I was the church girl and I was the goody two shoes and I wouldn't want to go to those kind of places. And so he didn't even invite me, but he did chase my skirt into a church and he would tell you that. So he had one of his friends would tell him, if you're going to date her, you should probably go to church with her, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so I really didn't care a whole lot about church at that point. And, um, but that's what I did. So we went to church every Sunday. And so he came with me every now and then just to spend time with me. So we started dating November 24th, 1998, at the end of January. So we're looking at two months later. We're sitting in church one Sunday morning. I am not paying attention at all to the sermon. We had this guest speaker that day. His name was William Blackburn. And uh, he had come to town to do a revival series for a while. And he was preaching on that Sunday morning. And he gives the altar call, invites, you know, anybody want to come accept the Lord, please come forward. You know, they've got the music playing. I'm completely in my own world because I've heard this a thousand times before. And all of a sudden, Nathan gets up and he walks down the aisle. Y'all, I was stunned. I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. What just happened here? What just happened here? And Nathan describes it like this, that he was sitting there and, and neither one of us could even tell you what William Blackburn spoke on that morning. But Nathan was sitting there in that sermon and he was listening and it's almost as if God was standing behind a curtain and he just pulled the curtain aside and revealed his face for the briefest moment and said, Woohoo. And that's all it was. Just something in his heart just shifted and opened to, Whoa, this God you've been talking about, he's real. I don't know anything about him, but he's real. And something has happened to me and something is different. And so when 
William Blackburn gave the invitation, you know, if you want to accept Jesus in your heart, come forward. If you want to acknowledge him, come forward. Nathan just almost robotically just got up and walked down the aisle. And so we talked about it later. And that was his first just awakening. And we know now after studying theology a little bit more of, you know, God has to awaken our spirit. He has to call us. And that was that moment for Nathan when it just became alive. And this acknowledgement of there is something greater out there. There is something more powerful out there. And I can't describe it to you and I can't give you all of the details, but it's there. And I know it's there. So that was the end of January. A few weeks later, he was baptized. And um, I can see now so clearly how God protected me from myself. At 16 years old, I was in such desperation for attention that I was willing to go after whatever bad boy was willing to give me attention. And I know now that that was a very, very risky move. I could have gotten myself into so much trouble. But the Lord saw fit to intervene and step in and protect me. So while I was looking for this bad boy who was going to invite me to parties and introduce me into this other world, the Lord was so kind to bring Nathan into my path and say, you know what, let's bring Nathan over here. Turns out Nathan wasn't a bad boy. He was a really great guy. And over the next few months and few years, we became inseparable through high school. We dated through most of our junior year and all the way through our senior year of high school. I had, I was a dancer, um, ballet, tap and jazz type dance. And our studio was across the street from the high school. And I was there four or five days a week after school teaching and, um, and such and taking classes. And he would, he was playing soccer for the school and they had practice several days a week. And so he was at the school with practice and we would sneak over and see the other one in between classes or, you know, after practice or whatever, he would come over and watch me dance and he would leave a note on my windshield wipers on my car or, or I would go over to the school parking lot and watch him practice for a little while and leave a note on his windshield wipers on his car, like just sweet things sweet things. We spent a lot of time together on the weekends, going to the lake and just being together and hanging out on the weekends. He would pick me up for school some mornings and we would ride to school together. And this is how I knew that he loved me. He used to tell me this all the time. Um, (laughs) High school cafeteria, we had Otis Spunkmeyer cookies. I don't know if that's still a thing, but you could buy three cookies for a dollar and the chocolate chip cookies were my favorite and they were so delicious and they were still warm and he would buy, his parents would give him extra money for snacks at school and he would buy the cookies and he would eat the outside of the cookie and he would save the middle soft chewy part for me and he would let me have that. And in my little world, that was so sweet and so kind and it was, but he has adored me from the very beginning. And I know that. I know that he wants nothing less than the best for me. He serves me and he honors me. And it's been the most amazing journey with him. But these years in high school, we did a lot of dreaming together. We still dream together. But we would ride around in the car. We would sing country songs. You know, 90s country was our thing. (laughs) 
Um, but we would dream and we would just dream out loud about what life could be, what our future could be. We had no idea. I mean, we were just kids, 16 year old kids, but we would dream about having kids one day and dream about what it would be like to be married and what kind of friends we wanted to have and just what we wanted our life to be. We still dream out loud together and I love it. We didn't grow too much spiritually through high school, but we fell in love with each other. I loved who he was. I loved who he wanted to be. I loved his character and his sense of humor. I loved who I was when I was with him. He cheered for me and he called me out when I had a bad attitude, but he always challenged me to be better. And he still does that. I'm so grateful that God brought us together as young as we were. Because we learned about life together. We grew up together and have helped to shape each other. Now, after 22 years with this man, I know that I could have never picked a better mate than that boy in the next row of my English class. I'm grateful that God saw my future. He protected me from myself. And he brought Ethan and I together and he set us off on the most incredible journey. Man, what a trip down memory lane. Thanks for coming. I'm just so grateful to see God's faithful hand in both of our lives. And next time, I'll tell you about what happened after high school and how we fared attending colleges 200 miles apart. If you've enjoyed hearing these stories of God's faithfulness, please share them with a friend. Also, giving us a rating or review where you listen to this podcast will help others to find us. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Remember, your story has power too. We're ordinary people encountering an extraordinary God. I'll see you next time, friends.